You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Well, and as you've been told, we are live from Innisfree right here on University Boulevard as Alabama gets ready to roll and kick off the 2023 season. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. And let's start with Innisfree where you can drop by here and get a fabulous, it's called the Lucky Lunch. A meat, and it'll be lucky because Alabama's going to roll tomorrow. The Lucky Lunch is a true meat and free. You can come by and join us and a big tall glass of Guinness, whatever the drink of your choice. But welcome into the show. As you just heard at the very end of the Miller's Edge, that Chris Lowe had jumped, that indeed Jalen Milrow is going to start for the University of Alabama. I think we all knew this, but I think what really is important here, if it's important at all, we know what's going on, Lars. But when Chris Lowe, would you say confidant? With Saban? Yes. I mean, he, he knows Saban. They communicate. If he says it, by golly, it's true. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this information was spoon-fed to him by the Alabama uh, Sports Information Office, and then that's cool. Uh, there's a uh, He's long, on the ride. There's a long, long history of trust between Chris and, uh, and Alabama and particularly Nick Saban. But, uh, of course, this is what we all expected, that Jalen Milrow will start. It's going to be fascinating to see how long does he actually uh, play before another quarterback comes in does he go the entire first half and then come back out for the first series of the third quarter or uh, are we going to see uh, um, Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson Dylan Longergan uh, at some point in the first I'm guessing that Milrow will get uh, three four maybe five series and uh and then i would suspect that ty simpson will be number two and then buckner will come in and then do they play long again or not uh remains to be seen it all is going to be depicted by the way the game goes of course i mean if one quarterback comes in in this case milrow and does badly they'll pull the string pretty quick but i don't think that's going to be the case especially with the way alabama's going to ball and play a very controlled offense, play back to this defense. So Milrow will start. I think that they already have a plan. They already have a back system that they're going to put in play. Now, this is just me. You say go a half in first series, right, for Jalen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, because I, it, this is a key game because you are preparing the quarterback to play against Texas. And as we've mentioned, the Texas game is going to be the most significant non-conference home game of the Nick Saban era. So you want this to be almost a, a dress rehearsal for that. You want the starting quarterback against Texas to feel what it's like to go into halftime, to cool down, then to warm back up and go back out on on the field. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Milrow is the guy, right, that uh, is going to that they're already thinking it could start against Texas right. that he uh, goes uh, longer than maybe mo- many expect. I think he would have to perform very subpar for him not to also be starting against Texas. I'll just throw that out there right now. I, I agree. And he is going to be given the opportunity to prove himself and then as the game grows on We'll see who is substituted, who's two and three or 
who's the next quarterback. Who do you, who do you, think, you, who do you think the second quarterback will Ty be? Ty Simpson. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's Ty Simpson. And, yeah, and I think we've known that for a while. I don't think Chris Lowe reported that. Hey, again, we're coming live from Innisfree. We already got some fans coming in, so please drop by and see us and have a cold beer and uh, one of the lucky lunches here. Lars, I just want to congratulate you and thank you for showing up. Because last uh-huh, night... Here we go. I, I don't know who is more angered, depressed, or what, you or me, because the situation with Spectrum and Disney has infuriated me. And and there's no telling in the next hour and 15, hour and 50 minutes when I'm going to go off. Because I am very aggravated. But last night, you watched your Nebraska Cornhuskers struggle and fight and claw to find a way to lose. Yeah. (laughs) New coach, same song. Uh, It's just mind-boggling. There were about nine plays in that game. And if one of those nine plays goes Nebraska's way, game over. Nebraska wins the game. But you hear coaches say all the time, the team needs to learn how to win. And Nebraska has not learned you how so to win. Right. They, they had that game in the bag, and I'm telling you, a colossal meltdown over social media uh, after the game, because it's uh, it's just... How the hell did that happen? <laughs> I mean, Nebraska had that game one, Matt. Four turnovers. I mean, Four, yeah, turnovers I mean they, they, they absolutely lost kill you. They, they, they threw a graphic up, Lars, that just boggled my, my mind. Fox, the station I coach. I'll calm down. But <laughs> no team in America has lost more one-possession games than... Nebraska. Yeah. In the past five years, no team has lost more second half games come from behind than Nebraska. The uh, the end of the first half recalled the disasters. Nebraska's two burn timeouts, a false start just before their quarterback Sims sneaks into the end zone for an apparent touchdown, and then on the very next play. Do he throws a pick uh, that, it, that and, and number eighty seven? They're tied in wide well, open, wide open. Yeah, just, right get, the goal just, 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 just drill it right between the eight and the seven. I mean, instead and, of throwing in a double, and, and, and so uh, even though Nebraska got out playing the first half, easily could have been up seven three. Should have been up seven three. Uh, they did come back in the second half, uh, opening drive, took it straight down. Uh, a bit of a weird play uh, when uh, it was uh, it was a. a, a a pitch to the halfback. Halfback throws back across the field to Sims, but the halfback uh, apparently is not a very good <laughs> thrower of the ball, and the ball bounces on the ground, but it was a backward lateral, so it was still live. Sims was able to pick it up, and then boom, uh, hits a receiver wide open for a touchdown. But, uh, you know, it's just Nebraska found different ways to lose. It well, just uh, it, it is so incredibly aggravating, Matt. It's the same thing. Even with Matt Rule. It takes a lot of restraint right now not to use curse words. I know. <laughs> and I'll get to that point in a minute when we start talking about Disney Charter Spectrum. Yeah. But I will say this. Nebraska is very transparent. They've got a good defense. I thought they played pretty well there. But offensively, they got Sims. And then they yeah, got Sims. Sims is a player. And he is a player. Wow. But you cannot go through an entire season with a quarterback carrying all your offenses. No. And, no, and you, you can't. can't go there to rely on special teams returns of 65. And you can't go there with uh, four turnovers. 
and you, you just can't, can't go there with uh, the inability to move the football. And uh, they did at times, but impressed with their defense. We need to talk about this TV deal, and we're going to do that. We'll bring in Jeff Spiegel, who works for ABC 3040. Uh, I'll note going into the break, they don't have a dog in this fight, okay? They're owned by uh, Sinclair, and it's done totally different. But when I turn on the uh, Missouri-South Dakota game, and I get to watch three plays, and suddenly this huge placard pops up on my TV. Can't watch it because of dispute between and contract talks between Spectrum and between Disney. And then, lo and behold, I go back down to 26 and 27. You guys know that I have Spectrum. Nothing there. Same placard. Nothing there. Same placard. And what does that mean for tomorrow? All right. Hey, we are live at Ennis Free. Come on by and see us. We'll, uh, you can throw us a question if you like and have a cold beer and have one of these delicious lunches as we broadcast live until 2 o'clock from Ennis Free. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a partly sunny sky. A small chance of a shower. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It's free. We are live. Man, there's just something about first day home game. It's a little buzz in the air here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Isn't there, Lawrence? Absolutely. I, I mentioned it on uh, Tuesday when I had my first class and was uh, – Walking around campus, uh, you really can just sense the excitement. Lars asks a great question, and I'm going to pose it to our first guest, and that's uh, Jeff Spiegel from 3340, who is about to begin a really, really long weekend, just as we are. But uh, care for a Guinness? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, no. You know, I'm going, uh, I've abstained for a long time. And uh, I, I think it's probably a good idea for me to keep abstaining. Well, then come by here and have a meeting three at Ennis Free because that's just <laughs> fine too. The question that right. Mars asked me, and it was it was a great one, is what's your favorite part at Alabama? We could go to Auburn. When you're out on the field or you're in the press, what really really cranks your track? The band, when the, the cheerleaders. No, I, yeah, I think when they're in the tunnel and they're about to come out and uh, and they play that hype video, you know, before they come out and then they come out onto the field and it's uh, that that still makes the hair stand up on my arms and the back of my neck. Uh, it's just, uh, it, I mean, it gives me chills just talking about it. Jeff, have you ever, I'm sure you have, been out on the field uh, for pregame warm-ups when the opposing team is already out there and then Alabama comes out of the tunnel and you look at the <laughs> you look at the opposing team and there everyone has as wide as uh, twin full moons uh, and it's like at that moment you know that Alabama's got them have you ever witnessed that 
Yeah, I have. Uh, but, you know, not as much as I did in the past. Um, I'm not saying the intimidation factor is totally gone. It's not because there's still, you know, some swagger that Alabama has when they bring out there onto the field. But I guarantee you this year, when LSU and Tennessee are out there, I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to be blind eyes. I mean, they're going to feel like uh, the favorites coming in, you know, because they beat Alabama last year. But you'll see it in the middle Tennessee guys, you know, faces uh, because, you know, the, the, the big boys are coming out of the tunnel and, and you know, they're – they. They got to get ready for what's probably going to be a beatdown. But uh, yeah, I mean, you see it a lot in some teams, but but not not in the bigger teams that Alabama plays anymore. Certainly not, you know, from Auburn when they when they play Alabama. But uh, but you do see it in some of the teams for sure. Jeff, another question that I asked Matt yesterday was, uh, when was the first moment? in the Nick Saban era that you expected okay, this is different. This is different. Something special is is brewing. That's a really, that's a really, really good question. You know, I think, uh, I think for me, it was, uh, you know, it, it was probably, it was probably the first SEC championship game when they, when they played Florida. And even though they lost that game, I mean, uh, I mean, you knew that the next year, I mean, they were going to be coming back and, uh, and they were going to be coming back to get what they felt like was rightfully there. But that, but that whole 2008 season, you know, was, uh, was pretty doggone special. And, uh, but you know what? If you want to go back earlier, and this is going to sound really weird when I say this, but when they lost to Louisiana Monroe, I mean, there were, uh, yeah, I mean, it was devastating. It was a devastating defeat, but, but there was a, there was like a, something about, you know, Saban that was like, yeah, you know, that, that, that's, that's something that needed to happen to us, but that's something that ain't going to happen again. And, uh, so to me, that was, that was a turning point, you know, for this program under Saban. Let's talk TV, shall we? <laughs> Here we go. We've been in it for a while, haven't we, Spigs? We have. And we have. We have nothing to do with all of this stuff. But I'm just interested because I'm infuriated by the inability for major corporations like Disney, Charter, and Spectrum to come to an agreement, and then how they pull the rug out from under you just as you're getting into the college football season. For those that don't yeah. know, we were not able to watch SEC games or anything else the u.s open can you imagine that the u.s open is on espn2 you can't watch that last night we couldn't watch florida utah last night we couldn't watch missouri and south dakota and guess who plays on the sec network and espn saturday auburn and alabama what up jeff yeah yeah it's crazy you're gonna have to get an antenna right i mean uh this is this is so bizarre Hey, I was at the, uh, I was at the Coleman County Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, uh, probably about a month or two ago. And my old basketball coach came up to me and he goes, what is the deal with CBS 42? Cause he was infuriated about CBS 42 not being able to be on, uh, direct TV, you know, AT&T and all that because of a squabble they've had with them. Cause Coach Walburn is a big golf fan. 
can't watch any of his golf. And listen, CBS, this is the final year of their college football deal. So they got to get that square too. Or they're going to be, uh, you know, you know, blaming pitchforks or whatever, you know, at the, uh, at the doors of these, uh, places. But it's just crazy how, how all of this is happening and it's not, and it, and it hasn't been settled. And here we are. We're about to get going. You know what I understand, and some of the people I've talked to since last night, this is all an effort to get all of the ESPN programming streaming. Yeah. And that's it. You know, and, and you know what that's all about? Greed. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeff, uh, Chris Lowe at ESPN uh, just reported uh, about an hour ago or so that uh, Jalen Milrow will be the starting quarterback on Saturday. No surprise to any of us. But my question to you is, how long do you think we'll see Jalen play, and uh, who do you think the second quarterback in will be? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, my, my gut feeling is it's going to be uh, it's going to be Ty Simpson. Um, I don't have any inside information or knowledge to uh, to uh, to say that that's the case, but. As far as you know, how long Jalen Milrow will play? I mean, Saban wants him to go in there, and he, he wants a a good, sizable sample of of what he can do, and if he can play mistake free football. Now, if he goes in there and starts turning it over against Middle Tennessee, you know, first two or three series, I mean, he might get yanked. You know, because that is something that uh, Saban's just not going to tolerate: is turnovers out of his quarterback. And we saw that out of Milrow last year. Now, he's had a really good camp, you know, from all indications. And But, you know, he'll need to play a good, solid football game against MTSU. You know, probably play a half. First series of the third quarter is the hope, you know, and then move out and get some other guys uh, reps in. But uh, he's got to go in there and he's got to play effective, mistake-free football when he gets in there. But, my goodness, if he can't do that against Middle Tennessee, or what's the hope that he can do it against Texas? Jeff Spiegel is our guest as we broadcast uh, Big Noon Sports from Free right here in Tuscaloosa. Jeff, do you think we will see a noticeable effort to get Milrow acclimated and, in other words, probably go to the running game and a safer passing game? And will that change as the game goes on? Well, I, you know, I think they're going to uh, – the thing that we've been hearing is that, you know, they're going to push one of the football – uh, but look, they've, they've, they've got to let him throw. They've, they've got to have him throw the football and, and, uh, and get that arm, you know, game ready because the degree of difficulty is going to go up in, in uh, week two. Uh, no question about it. So he's got to go out there and he's got to run the entire offense and he's got to go through the playbook and, and, uh, and, and run the plays that, you know, that, not everything they're going to show, they're going to show in the Middle Tennessee game, but they'll show against Texas. But he's got to go out there and prove that, you know, he can run the complete package and, uh, and get the ball to the, to the right guys to make the play. And that's going to be the very important for him Saturday. Jeff, other than the quarterback position, what position group are you most interested in seeing and uh, in, uh, just assessing how they perform on Saturday night? Receivers, 
because, you know, that that's the one question mark we've heard about this football team is not only the quarterback play, and it's got to be solid, it's got to be there, but the receivers have got to be good too, guys, because, you know, they're, they're stacked at running back. They really are. But this day and time in college football, you know, this, uh, this thing Nebraska in the 1970s, you know, where you can just like run it down people's throats and make people submit, you know, to your will. I mean, you're going to have to throw the football, you know, 20, 25, I don't know, 27 times a game. And so the receivers, uh, the, the, the first week, I mean, let's see some production out of those receivers and, uh, and, and let's not see any drop and, and kind of get that stuff square before, you know, week number two, because you know, I think that's when the real season begins. I'm looking for one guy, maybe two, that will step up in that receiving core. Something tells me, although he was good last year, I'm not sure he was exactly what Alabama and their fans anticipated. Is this going to – I'm calling on Burton and then the new guy, Malik Benson, to make big plays. Yeah, absolutely. And, and another guy, too, who played just down the road from us at Calera, Kobe Prentice. Yeah. Who, uh, who had his moments last year. You know, he came out of the, out of the gate really strong in week one. And then at the end, in the bowl game, he had a really good game. And so I think they're counting on some, uh, big things from him too, a breakout year from him. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you hear a lot of things about Benson, the newcomer, and, and Brooks is, is the veteran guy. And another guy too is, uh, Kendrick Houghton, who, who I think many people think underachieved last year. And he's got to step it up. Yeah. And, Get back to the good form. C.A. Speaks, can you hang? You yeah. always do. I know you've got, yeah. got high school football. Let's talk about what y'all are going to do tonight and a little bit of that when we get back as we broadcast live. This is Big Noon Sports. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Appreciate uh, Justin Jones back at the studio and then uh, the plethora of people we have in support here. And also, Laura Lee is on standby. You're on deck. Did you know that? Okay. We'll, we'll talk to you in just a few minutes as well as we broadcast live from Innisfree. Come by. Have uh, one of their delicious lunches, $9.99 for a meat and three. Have yourself a pint of Guinness and whatever you desire. It is football weekend in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. If more big noon sports coming up. Well, I just love home openers, football weekends in Tuscaloosa. It's just something special, and I've been coming to these. Don't count the years. Let's not do that. Hey, Big Noon Sports is live from Innisfree right here at the tail of the strip on University Boulevard. Come by, have lunch with us. Got great burgers, wings, sandwiches, their famous soup salad. I'm a soup salad guy, but um, we will be here until 2, but you can come here all weekend long. Don't forget about their lunch special. The Lunky, Lucky Lunch is a meat and three for only $9.99. I don't know where I've been in the last five years, which you beat that price. But uh, joining us is the Bama Broker, and that is Laura Lee Thompson. Uh, she is the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. And you also are the president-elect of the Red Elephant Club. That's big time. Yes, indeed. And we look forward to you entertaining that role, but we're going to put you in as a co-host. Yeah, Do you have a question yes, for Jeff Yeah, you're co-hosting now. Okay. Jeff, I have a question uh, about the defense. When I was at the uh, second scrimmage, they looked pretty stout. What do you think is our strength? By the way, you have more, you have more information we than we do. 
Well, they have uh, the Red Elephant Club has its privileges. <laughs> well, they have a pretty a pretty strong defensive front. I think Coach Saban's looking for some depth there. Uh, look, I I like the I like the DBs a lot. I mean, I think the DB DBs are going to be strong. Kool Aid McKinstry is a guy that we covered at Pension Valley High School, who uh, won a state championship with them. He's the leader back there, and uh, I think it all kind of it all kind of revolves around him. And uh, and but I think they're going to be strong back there on the back end. Jeff, just uh, let's sidetrack to Auburn really quick. I know it's not a. a wonderful thing to do at NS3 in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> However, uh, what, what are you looking for in Auburn's season opener? Well, I'm, you know, I'm certainly looking for them to just mow down UMass. I mean, UMass is, uh, came in ranked like the lowest of the FBS teams. But they went out to New Mexico State. They had a great performance out there, but they're certainly not you know, up to Auburn's level. Uh, Peyton Thorne, I think, is going to play a you know very efficient game. Uh, he's certainly shown in camp that you know he's a guy that can lead this offense to do what you free you know wants him to do. It'll be kind of like Alabama and MPSU. I think Hugh Freeze is hoping to play a lot of guys, hoping to get them a lot of experience before you know they take this bunch on the road to uh, Cal. You know, uh, uh, next week. You know, Cal, you know, you guys know Cal, the future ACC team. Uh, so they'll be, uh, they'll be looking to, uh, maybe get some good experience from their guys before they head out west for their first big road trip. Last night on, hey, excuse me, last night on, uh, hey coach, Nick Saban had some really interesting comments. He said, uh, quote, I don't know if this team is talented enough to win a championship. But I think they've shown signs of having the right stuff. I don't know if we have enough talent to do it, but I've been encouraged by the competitive character this team has. Now, for comparison, uh, here, this is what Nick Saban said week one last year. Quote, I like this team. I really do. We've got a lot. Uh, we've got a little more maturity on the team, I think. We've got good guys on the team. They work hard. They've got a really good attitude. And, and, and really was, uh, you know, just singing the praises of the team. Were you surprised by what Coach Saban said last night, saying, I don't know if this team is talented enough to win a championship? Well, I think the, uh, you know, to get some context to that, you know, he was asked to compare this team to teams that have won championships in the past. And you know Nick Saban well enough to know, he hates comparison questions. And he won't compare his, you know, this team to any teams of the past because, you know, in his opinion, this team's got to earn what they get. And it doesn't surprise me that he said the same thing with week one last year. Uh, where they kind of went off the rails last year was, and, and Saban's alluded to this before in press conferences and especially Wednesday, is that the penalties, you know, the defensive penalties and the things, you know, that, that they did, especially, you know, you go back to that Tennessee game. I mean, they just shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. And those are things that when he talks about, you know, competitive character, yeah, they've got it. But let's see what they have when it comes to in-game discipline and staying away from those major penalties that can really just kill you when you get into big Southeastern Conference games. Jeff, what did you think of Florida? Holy smokes. I mean... I think Billy Napier's done at the end of the year. 
you know, unless he can fix this, that was a horrible display of football. And I know, I know first game, you know, you're going to have mistakes, but there were just things, you know, like on the, the punt team when guys were wearing the same jerseys, the numbers. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got to be more buttoned up than that. Yeah. How about Missouri? Did you, did, I mean, of course, I, I couldn't watch either one of these games. I don't know. I, huh. South Dakota, can you get a good read off South Dakota? Uh, You know, probably not. I mean, to be honest, I mean, uh, I had my eyes on the Gators last, last night and also uh, looking at UAB. Um, uh, you know, I, Missouri's going to be who Missouri is. I mean, they're going to be... You know, kind of average. I don't think they're ever really going to contend for a championship, but uh, but you know, we'll uh, we'll see down the road. We may be wrong. And you mentioned Nebraska uh, in the 1970s that just hammer the ball uh, between the tackles option, and then there was what happened last night, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see the uh, really impressive self-destruction by Nebraska last night? Well, you know, let's just let's just say this: the highlight of the week when it comes to Nebraska for me were ninety-two thousand people showing up at the women's volleyball game. That yeah. was magical, and you know, bless their hearts. I mean, the the football team—that was a tough act to follow. Wait, did you just use bless your heart with Nebraska? You just use bless your heart with Nebraska football. I just about to be a food fight here. I just did. I just did. It's a no. After the game, (laughs) no. After the game, I I I tweeted out like, "Hey, at least we'll always have volleyball." (laughs) Oh my! How far we've dropped. Um, Laura Lee, did you get a chance to see that uh, 92,003 fans uh, attended the uh, women's volleyball game in in, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska at Memorial Stadium uh, on Thursday and, uh, excuse me, on Wednesday, uh, setting a world record for highest attendance of a women's sporting event? I did see that. What was your reaction? Well... I loved it. You know, women's sports, uh, there's a lot of room for uh, more coverage of women's sports. We've seen it in women's softball. And I really love the tweet of uh, the uh, Alabama softball team suggesting it to Greg Byrne. Hey, this is a great idea. (laughs) And I think... Uh, based on our crowds down at Red Stadium, that we would have a good chance of doing something like that. Yeah, you know, Jeff, Matt and I were talking about that yesterday. What is it possible to uh, do something at Bryant-Denny with a women's sporting event the same way that Nebraska did with women's volleyball? Look, with, with the University of Alabama, anything's possible. I mean, they can make anything happen like that. And, uh, and I agree, I agree with Laura Lee that, that I think, uh, and the Alabama softball program that you, you'd have a similar turnout because there are people who are crazy, you know, uh, about the softball program. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's doable. 
and uh, it'd be an awful lot of fun. It, that was really a lot of fun to watch on Wednesday, seeing the fans really get into it. They let the kids out of school that day, so there was like a there was like a big build up heading into it, and man, did it deliver. And you know, it, guys, I'm going to be... Can I say one thing real quick? Yeah. You know, uh, Greg's dad, Greg Byrne's dad, Bill Byrne, former athletic director at Nebraska. So there is a connection there, and maybe uh, maybe Alabama is the next place where we could have something right. like this happen. I'm going to be that guy. Stay Uh-oh. out of my yard, okay? <laughs> oh this wonderful event grew organically in Nebraska. And now are we going to come in here and just do it because we want to set the record instead of what the original intent was? Does it, doesn't everyone in Alabama just want to obliterate Nebraska? They don't. What, what's the worry? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll always have the 71 Orange Bowl. Yeah, don't get, bring that Johnny up. Johnny Rogers. Oh, golly. I never want to see it. Well, wasn't it I Am Hip that ran through us, too? <laughs> Ooh. Um, okay, anyway. well, okay. Let, let, let's let's go back. Let's go back to that game with camp for a second, because I'll never forget as a kid, and I was 12 years old when this game was played, maybe 11. But Butch, you remember this? Butch Hobson came in in mop-up duty, and this was the day of the tearaway jersey, and Hobson was running for his life. And at the end of the game, they must have not had a backup tearaway jersey for him, because all he was wearing was shoulder pads at the end of the game. It was the most incredibly insane, but really cool thing that I've ever seen. Because Hobson was going out there like the game was still tied, but they were down 38-6. Well, if you ever watched him play in the majors for Boston and for the Yankees, you'll know that's exactly the way that guy played. Uh, he was spikes up on and off the field, and um, he played football rough and tumble. He's a Bessemer kid, wasn't he? No, I, I think, think so, right. yeah. 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 Anyway. Hey, uh, Speaks, tell us what your station is going to do tonight, what ABC 3340 is going to be doing tonight as far as high school football is concerned. Well, it will all start at 6.30 with Friday Night Rivals, which game day, which is on my 68, our sister station, a half-hour show that Caleb Turrentai, our high school guru, and I will host. Then at 7 o'clock, we'll have the Friday Night Rivals game between Fenton Valley and Macadory on my 68. Then at 10.15, we've got highlights from... You know, several of the big matchups uh, going on around uh, around town. And, and so, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun day. Fridays are always fun. And, and as you know, very hectic in the uh, sports office on Fridays. But um, it all comes together, and it's usually a beautiful thing. Where are you going to be tomorrow, football-wise? Tomorrow, I'll be here in the studio. Jamie Hale will be covering Auburn for us. All and right. Johnny Cox will be at Alabama. So, so I'll be here. I'll be the traffic cop in the uh, in the sports office. I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> oh, thank you, Speaks. Appreciate it. We'll talk next week about the games this weekend. Thank you. Hey, thank you all. Have a great day. All right. Jeff Spiegel from ABC 3340. Matt, Lars, and our new co-host, Laura Lee, are coming to you live from Innisfree. Drop by and enjoy lunch and a beverage with us as we broadcast our show, not just this Friday, but every Friday throughout the Alabama football season. It's Big Noon Sports.
the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Tuesday. Kevin Skarbinski will join us at 7.30. We'll also discuss uh, Alabama's game against Middle Tennessee. We'll look forward to the uh, Texas game. Uh, the Texas Longhorns come to Tuscaloosa on Saturday. We also will see if Dad hit the blue plate special. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. From our home base, Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a partly sunny sky, a small chance of a shower. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85. Five degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Live from Free. Live as we get ready for Alabama and Middle Tennessee State University. Tomorrow at 6.30 on ESPN. You can watch it unless you're a, spar- a, a Sparter. It's Charter and Spectrum that have the conflict with Disney. And that is a huge issue. And um, if you've got a thought on that, you can call us at 205-342-9904. But, like, I'm trying to do bite your tongue on the curse words because I just I cannot believe how greedy these large corporations are. And literally, in general, I'm not going to do this. we got Laura Lee here. But just how disingenuous these people are towards fans. They don't care if I see Alabama tomorrow at my own home. Alabama, the Auburn's at 2.30. They're, anyway. Listen, we have Laura Lee here, Laura. So I'll I'll take a deep let's breath. Let's go to the, the let's go to the Bama broker, Laura. How are you? What are your plans for the weekend? Really, what will you do as president elect of the Red Elephant Club? I'm going to the game. Well, I know that part. <laughs> yeah. well, I did want to ask you that. What what is your normal yeah. uh, game day routine? Well, of course, it depends on the timing of the game, and this one being at night, thank you, TV gods, that we're at night. Um, we go to, we get together as a family, and um, sometimes we will go out early, but we, we don't do the tailgating as much uh, because we do that inside the stadium. Um so, with it being in the evening, we'll probably head out around 4, 4.30 and walk around a little bit and then go on into the stadium. We avoid the crowds and then we eat and then go out there and watch warm-ups. Let me ask you what I, uh, what Matt and I were talking about yesterday. Uh, what is your favorite part of game day that doesn't have to do with uh, the actual play on the field? Well, for us, this is a family event, so I like spending time with my family. We, growing up, we traveled to the games. It's just something we have always done, and so it always means family time, and uh, Alabama football is my passion. I love it. It brings joy to my life, and... Anybody that knows me knows my moods go up and down if we win or <laughs> lose. And thank goodness, since Saban, we haven't lost a lot. So uh, I just enjoy it so much. And I like everything about it. I like all the people coming. I, I like the 
inside the stadium, all the videos that we get to see from the past history and just uh, everybody cheering for the team. And, um, all right, switching gears a little bit. But, yes, uh, I I barely was able to show up to work today because uh, my Nebraska. I was surprised when he walked through the door. I really was. You know, the way Uh, Nebraska lost. My mood is the same. But after you get beaten down so much, it's just like. (laughs) I watched the game. After the Florida, I got to watch the end of Nebraska, Minnesota, and I was just, I started shaking my head. I actually felt bad for them. But they they did lose the game. I mean, as far as their mistakes. So it's just, I'm sorry. How, how often has uh, Nick Saban coach team uh, lost a turnover battle four to one and just made boneheaded mistake after boneheaded mistake? Anyway, let's get a, get away from that. Uh, okay, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Uh, what, can you tell us just about the real estate market here in Tuscaloosa? What's going on? Well, the real estate market here in Tuscaloosa is uh, still busy. It's slowing down. Um, housing numbers came out. They always are a month behind, so we're looking at what happened in July. Um, overall, in the state of Alabama, housing prices were up. The median house price was up. Um, you know, the numbers look strong. Uh, of course, that has to do with low inventory. Less houses were sold, but uh, housing prices are remaining stable, and they're going higher. So uh, with interest rates being what they are, we got a gift this week in interest rates. They were a little bit lower. Uh, we saw them in the sixes Yay. and kind of high sixes. However... If you're buying a house, I would suggest you lock today. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you next is given just the situation that you just described, is there a way to take advantage of it? Well, yes. Yes. A lot of people will say, I'm going to wait to see what interest rates do and what the, the houses do. And in the short term, um, with the data, we're not going to see any big economic data come out until uh, September 13th, which is the CPI. And uh, depending on which way it goes, that, that could mean rates go up. I mean, we're kind of expecting them to go up a little bit in the short term. Uh, however, housing prices are up. They're going to continue to climb. The inventory issue is cannot be corrected overnight. Are you seeing people uh, coming to you and still looking to want to purchase a home? Yes. People still want to move. Including and, myself, by Yes, the way. <laughs> and I'm looking. And uh, the thing is, is that... Um, that house that you're looking at today, waiting for the rates to go down, is going to be higher, much higher, this time next year. So the little bit that you may pay in the interest rate, which you can refinance down the road, uh, you're going to lose it with the increase of uh, the price of the house. 
Laura Lee, you know, we broadcast right here in Tuscaloosa on Tide, but we also have affiliates in East Alabama, and we stream. So it, what if I wanted to use you? Seriously. I mean, I'm in Birmingham. Does it have to be a house or a deal or a broker in this area? No. Okay. I sell in Birmingham. I sell in Baldwin County. Uh, we're in West Alabama. Our MLS is all of West Alabama, but I have an Alabama license. I can sell anywhere in the state of Alabama. And again, you're, you're the only uh, realtor in the state of, or, or sorry, in Tuscaloosa that has Wall Street experience. You're on Wall Street for several years. How, how does that help you when you are, you know, negotiating deals and, and just uh, trying to get the best deal possible for your client? Well, I have pretty strong negotiating skills. I learned from swimming with the sharks up there in Wall Street. Um, the, the business background, because my dad was a business professor, I graduated in business from here at Alabama, and then I worked in the business world, in the financial world for many years. I have a very strong business background, so I can help you uh, on these economic decisions uh you know i have probably more business knowledge than the next person just from that that's my passion is finance stocks i I still trade you know what this is something that i've uh, i've wanted to ask a professional a long time do people overreact to interest rates and they get freaked out by the fact that they've gone up a little bit, but still uh, they're kind of at a historically, if you look at it historically, they're not that high. No, they're normal. Yeah. I mean, that what we saw during COVID was low. I mean, we're that's the unusual part. We're not going to see those rates. We don't know if we'll ever see rates like that again. It's hard to predict the future, but having rates right now, like I said, we, we're looking at them in the high sixes right now, which is better than last week when they were in the low sevens. But if you don't think people are going to be going willy-nilly again like they did during COVID when they hit in the fives, then you're going to be competing against all kinds of people. We're still seeing multiple offers because we have low inventory. But it's gone from 7, 8, 10, 15 multiple offers to two or three to maybe none. Um, however, when they drop back down, it's, and that drives the price up. You know, when you get multiple offers, the market is driving that price up, your buyers. And so uh, that price increase you're going to pay down the road is a whole lot more than the interest rate you're going to pay today. As, as far as off the across the board, are there more homes available at like a lower income, a middle or a higher, or right now is it all about the same? It's all about the same. Um, of course, on the luxury housing, we have, and it depends on what you you say luxury housing is. But there, there, if you want a million dollar home, we have them. 
Uh, on the lower end, when you're looking at houses under a hundred thousand, those are generally investment houses, rentals, that sort of thing. Uh, the median price range, well, in the state of Alabama, and that encompasses everything, is in your rural areas, everything is around 228, which is what they came out with. Now in Tuscaloosa, our, ours is closer to 300. It's, you know, more in the 280. Well, well, yes. I mean, in your cities, you're going to have more expensive homes. If you go to a place like Selma where it's dying out, they're going to be really low-priced homes. So that's going to skew it lower. In Birmingham, Huntsville, they're booming. No, Huntsville is. Huntsville is huge. Yeah. Yeah, they are actually the largest city now. Yes. That's just, you know, the city limits, but, uh, of course, Birmingham is a lot bigger than that. Tuscaloosa is close. Yes, I mean, and you have Mobile and down in Baldwin County and down at the beach selling. I I help people with vacation homes down there, condos, and uh, it's it's a tight market. Can you stick around for a little while? Sure. All right. We'll break at the top of the hour again. It is lunchtime, and we want you to come by here and join us at Innisfree. We're located right here on University. Most all of you know where that is. And um, we've got soups and salads and cold beer and drinks. And um, their unbelievable lucky lunch, which is $9.99. That is for a meet, not two, but for a meet and three, which is a fabulous deal. We're going to talk some more Alabama football. Laura Lee is with us. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Back with more of the second half of Big Noon Sport. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Smiling face down here. It's Matt Coulter, Laura Lee, and Lars Anderson as we get ready for football tomorrow at 6.30. It was announced, or actually it was put on his uh, Twitter feed. Chris Love, ESPN, was announcing that uh, Jalen Monroe will indeed, matter of fact, be the starter. And in some other news, and, and Pete's a terrific reporter for ESPN. We speak colleagues at Sports Illustrated that the ACC is officially expanding, uh, and for the first time, they're going away, uh, going outside of their eastern roots, uh, and they are adding three schools: Stanford, Cal, and SMU. That will bring the league to 18 members. Uh, 17 of those will play football full time in the league. The additions in the, all the sports will begin in the 2024-25 school year. And, and again, these, uh, 
moves have been uh, just uh, shrouded in drama for the past month because, uh, you know, Florida State came out and, and said basically, hey, we want to leave uh, if, if things don't change with the uh, revenue sharing model that the ACC has. And, uh, and now um, the ACC, again, adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU. And my knee-jerk analysis of this, Matt, uh, and I have not put a ton of thought to it, but uh, its I think this is a self-preservation move because the ACC sees what the Big Ten is doing uh, in adding schools, and they know how strong the SEC is. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're eventually going to get to a point where there's probably just three major conferences and uh, you add a, a Stanford and a Cal and an SMU, you know, they, they each bring a sort of a, a different uh, different strengths to the table. Um, but uh, I, I think this is a good move uh, for the ACC, again, just to be ready to survive when the, the, the axe starts to fall here on different conferences. Well, my big deal and my theme of the day is, uh, hey, what about those fans? What about the season tickets holder at Cal that want to go to all their games like they've been doing for 15 years? Oh, okay. we got to go to Miami. Um, it's all about mean dollar green. That That's it. And, uh, and we see it again. And it's also... Oh, as you just mentioned, it's also all about surviving, and that's what you've got to do in this day and age. You've got to chase the dollar and don't worry about the fan. I heard earlier today that there's a possibility that they will use Dallas as a hub for some of the other sports. Now, you want to give me cranked up on that? <laughs> How does that help the fans? Yeah. I mean, they, they, So you go to play your home game in, in baseball, Stanford versus uh, North Carolina State, and you play it in Dallas? I mean, the geographics here. Do, do I? Can I still gripe, Larley? Yes. Don't you think we should pay attention to geographics? I do. It's the Pac-12, 10, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, again, it's, it's my, my biggest beef of the day. Everybody thinks about the money, and they don't think about the fan. I think the fans pretty much support all of this. That's right. I I think that they need to think about the fans and also the cost of traveling coast to coast. Uh, I mean, come on, and the culture is different. But the airlines are loving it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you remember three weeks ago, uh, it came up for a, a, a straw poll vote of whether or not to add these three teams to the ACC. And uh, the ACC, uh, the, 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 of the current 15 members, they needed 12 to vote yes. And so heading into the meeting uh, just this morning, it was uncertain if the league had the votes. Right, and um, and they needed basically to flip one of the dissenting votes of allowing these three teams in, and the and the four ACC schools that had dissented three weeks ago, those were Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. Well, guess what? One of them flipped. North Carolina State. So you I still, knew it would be them. But, but so you still have Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina opposing it. And guess what? Who are the three most powerful t- schools in that conference? Who's coming to the SEC? 
that. <laughs> Clemson and Florida State. And maybe North Carolina. What would you think, think of that, Laura Lee, if, uh, if Clemson and Florida State came to the SEC eventually? I, I, I agree with it. I mean, we already have Florida and South Carolina, and they're more of, or culturally, they would fit. I have no problem with that. You can drive to them, too. That's correct. You, you can't can't drive to Raleigh from Stanford, can you? I mean, you could. Be fun. I mean, if you had nothing else to do, they got all the places you could you could stop and see the world's largest ball of twine. I'm really looking forward to that uh, in the Big Ten. That really rich traditional rivalry between Rutgers and USC. <laughs> The that colors is, are somewhat similar. That, that is, that is going to be riveting. Oh, gee whiz. So does this put more pressure on uh, the SEC? No. I still think Greg Sankey has – he's holding the royal flush. Well, know. he's got Oklahoma and Texas coming in. Yeah. But does he want to risk another conference getting Clemson, North Carolina, well, or Florida that, State? That's the different question. Is it a protection from that standpoint. Because we've seen that the, the Big Ten is very aggressive in going after and trying to just basically collect as many teams as possible. And the, I would assume that the Big Ten is going to try to go into the Deep South simply because of you look at what their strategy has been. It's all about the television footprint. Right? Yeah. And, and, and they want to sort of uh, invade Greg Sankey's backyard. Hasn't the television power lost a lot of steam, though? The market. I'm talking about the market. Perhaps. Perhaps. But uh, I think television is the reason why the Pac-12 disintegrated before our eyes. Because they couldn't strike a deal with Fox. And uh, the best thing they could come up with was a streaming deal from uh, Apple. And uh, USC and, and UCLA were in uh, and, and Oregon and Washington. They're thanks, but no thanks. I'll, I'll, we'll go to the pack or we'll go to the Big Ten, where we will get substantially more revenue because of the television. And uh, I, I, I hate that the, the fact that all of these decisions and rivalries that have existed for nearly a century are evaporating before our eyes because of money grab and then that is the television revenue so i have one thing to say about that i lived in los angeles and where have you not lived i know right (laughs) i was there for five years and the longest five years of my life where in la were you manhattan beach Oh, well, that's not oh, a bad yes. place to no, be, No, I lived at the beach. <laughs> I loved the beach, and I had some good friends. However, it's very different out there culturally. And when it comes to football, they don't even know what football game is being played. That's true. So even how, if it's USC. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of other went, stuff to do, yes, right? and yeah. that's what they say. Yeah. So... I mean, in the Big Ten, they definitely love football uh, almost as much as maybe us in the SEC. So culturally, like that is, I, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, uncertain times. Very, and, and I'm, I'm really interested to see, and I'm sure he'll respond, um, what Greg Sankey has to say about all this. You know what he's going to say? 
I'm pretty happy with my hand. Yeah. And he yeah. should be. He should I be. mean, even with all these changes, and even though the Big Ten's making a run, Laura leaves the SEC still the best conference. We're still and the I best would maintain conference. in all sports too. I mean, look at baseball and basketball. Well, and think and about it. Women's volleyball. Nebraska. Oh, Here he you. comes. Okay. He's got that to pull back on yes. now. <laughs> but you think That's about it. That's quite funny. When Oklahoma and Texas came on. Did anybody know what was really going on? No. Exactly. No, no that's a, that's a that's great the SEC. point. Yeah. That's a great point. And uh, a lot of my investigative reporter friends from around the country were amazed that Greg Sankey and everyone at the SEC office was able to keep that under wraps, keep it tight. If the news wasn't leaked out, it was Greg Sankey who broke the news. Right. That never Isn't happened. that the way it should, Isn't that know, the way but, it should but, be? But Matt, that, you know that. It never happens anymore. Well, and, and it's just, you know, it's Greg Sankey. And let's, you know, it is the commissioner, but the commissioner is a part of, of 16, soon to be 16 schools. And the ADs, and most notably the presidents, are a part of this. So they knew, didn't they? You think the president of Florida knew this was happening? Or did he just go, hey, he's got to consult yeah. them, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he yeah. certainly does. So uh, kudos to the 14-member institutions because they kept, they kept it under wraps, too. Uh, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker, is with us. I'm Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. We are live from Innisfree. Come by. And um, just here's how much I love college. All right? I want to tell a little story about it. It happened in here just a minute ago as we go to break. All right. That... Uh, the uh, server brings over a shot, okay, and everybody has one. And one guy hoists this up and says, okay, by the way, what is this? <laughs> the shot. <laughs> Let's take it anyway, all right? We'll be back with more Big News for Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a partly sunny sky. A small chance of a shower. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Big Noon Sports coming to you live this Friday and all Fridays going to the national championship. All right. We will be here from noon until two. We got the huge lunch special with a meeting three for nine ninety nine. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Laura Lee, the Bama broker is with us as well. Need to touch on a couple of other things. Uh, we did briefly earlier with Jeff Spiegel, but um, UAB defeated North Carolina by a score of thirty five to six in that game. Jacob Zeno, the quarterback, completed 20 passes in a row. I, there were, they look good at points from what I've read and what I've been told. My son went, and they didn't look so good at other. But I mean, what would you expect, Lars? I mean, it's their first game of the year, first of all, and every team is, is <laughs> earned the right to a few mistakes just based on that. But it's also a new regime and getting, you know, getting used to a new offense, which obviously is going to throw the football. They also set a record for completion. That really is a stunning statistic, and I think that is a testament to Trent Dilfer and the offense that he has implemented and uh, the level of comfort that his quarterback has. And also, Trent Dilfer, he's clearly taught his quarterback, hey, 
if your first, uh, if, 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 you know, if the throw down the field, your first uh, read isn't there, check down. Check down. Uh, Bruce Arians always used to tell me, uh, hey, look at the, go touchdown. If touchdown's not there, check down. Touchdown, check down. <laughs> and, uh, wow, I mean, 20 in a row. I think that really bodes well for UAB moving forward. And, uh, it's an exciting time to be a, a Blazer fan. An exciting time just for, I love, I love it when UAB is good. I love it when all the teams in Alabama are good. Like they normally want, are pretty yes, good. And, and, and you, if you just want uh, the college football world or the college football capital to be here. I want to mention one other thing because it, it is my team, but it is worth noting. The Atlanta Braves defeated the Dodgers 8-7. Listen to this. Ronald Cunha had yet another home run. This time it, just, it was a grand slam. He has, he's 30-60, the first player in Major League Baseball history to have 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in one season. And those numbers are only going to grow. And the Braves have had one of the most unbelievable Augusts I've ever seen in my life. You, you a baseball fan? I am. You like the Braves? Who's your team? The Yankees. Next question. Me too. <laughs> Yes. I am sandwiched by pinstripes, ladies and gentlemen. It's not our year, but uh, there's no, always, there's always so You know, with year, Nebraska and the Yankees, you're in pretty deep pile. Hey, at least I got the Bengals. Uh-huh. Joe Burrow, he's back practicing, gives, uh, gives us a chance to win every week. Did you become a Yankee fan when you were on Wall Street? Yes. Or were you beforehand? Yes. No, when I was on Wall Street. We won lots of World Series. <laughs> we were there at the same time, basically. Yes. Like Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera. I mean, those, it was so much fun. It was so much fun going up to uh, well, Yankee Stadium. I just received word from our producer back at Tide 100.9. He's a Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad so y'all can't Satan? play us in the World no, Series. No, 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 Matt. I'm not a Yankees fan. I was saying that's gross. Oh. The Yankees are gross. Okay, I just... Oh, you have a green, unsmiley face. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Thank you. I can't read my text very well. Of course, Lord, I have a bag phone. Laura um, Lee, I wanted to ask you, um, we talked about this earlier in the show. Jalen Milroe is going to be starting for Alabama on Saturday. And uh, this is being reported by Chris Lowe, and it's all over the place uh, on uh, social media. Who do you think, and you interact with Alabama fans a lot, who do you think Alabama fans want to eventually, uh, who, they, who do they want to emerge to be the starter this year? Who, who's the fan favorite among the quarterbacks in contention to be the starter? That's a very easy question. The fan favorite will be the guy who takes us to the national championship <laughs> and wins it. So whichever so one that of them. Be? Who's that going to be? Well, I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, we've had, I've seen um, flashes of brilliance from the four quarterbacks that we have. And you have seen them. You have. Oh, yes. You've, you've been to scrimmages. You've been, we both, you've been yes, to both scrimmages. That freshman we have. Lonergan. Lonergan. Yeah, Dylan Lonergan threw a bomb to Kendrick Law. I mean, down the field for a touchdown. I love the way like, you know the game. What's that? Uh, yeah. The... 
Was that the, the the most memorable play that you saw of the two scrimmages? It was one of them because I was like, who's that guy? Uh, you know, so... He's a guy who can throw a ball through a brick wall. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. What, I mean, he throw, he's, a, he's a pitcher, and he throws over. He throws about 100, doesn't he, Matt? Uh, he's up there. He's uh, 95 to 100. Um, that arm strength... Hey, arm strength matters a lot. I mean, it, it can. When you're throwing in double coverage and you've got that little bitty slice, arm strength matters a whole lot. But while that will count and certainly add to the quarterbacks in their competition, main thing, Laura Lee, is don't turn the ball over, win the team, and, and control the clock. And that's a thing. Maybe a little bit more so. The last two years we've had Bryce. You just snap it to him, let him do what he wants to do. Don't you think it's going to be totally different this year? I think it is. But I also think we have a really, really good defense. So as long as they do their job, then I think they would keep us into any game. You know, the general feeling around uh, Alabama right now, according to, you know, reporters who I talk to and our own sources, is that the offense is going to look a little bit different this year in being more of a uh, rushing-based attack. Uh, did you see that in the scrimmages? Come on. Give us a, give us did. some give us some juice here. I did, but you have to remember it, it would only be different from the last few years right. because we used to run the ball all the time, and we've got some great running backs this year, so I would expect to see that happen. So uh, the... The offensive line looked good. And so if we can bust through and uh, get our running game going, you know what happens to the passing game. Injury update I read this morning. Uh, Jihad Campbell, inside linebacker, has had a problem with his knees, had surgery. But Saban said, I guess last night on Hey Coach, that he anticipated that he would be probable for Texas. And um, you always need linebackers. A few years ago, in Alabama lost three starting linebackers mm-hmm. in a matter of like four weeks. Mm-hmm. It was it was unbelievable. Um, and also, I'm really, really excited to see Justice Haynes, the running back out of Georgia. You've seen him. No, uh, he was out that scrimmage. Okay, see, he has been out for more, and but we did see him in in the Crimson in, in the yes. A day, yes. and he looked fag- fantastic. Oh yes. Now I think they may favor. This is what I read in, in the Nick Saban's quote: is that they were going to try and play him against Middle Tennessee State University, but the way I read it, it would be sparingly because. This guy's got the go-go. I mean, he's the one that I think will win the the running back room, and it's already talented. Do you like what you saw? Oh, I love our running backs, and I love to run the ball. And if we had run the ball at the Tennessee game last year, (laughs) instead of three passes in a row... <laughs> what a memory. Oh, Lord. Yeah. That You're was right. a painful maybe, memory. Maybe, maybe the reason we have a new offensive coordinator this year. Wait, I just referred to Alabama as we. 
uh, that Alabama well, has. Well, you teach here, for goodness <laughs> sake. I mean, right. you are a we. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, both of you, um, last night, Florida-Utah. All right, Utah, they don't have their starting quarterback. They rotated two quarterbacks throughout the game. Uh, their best player may be their uh, tight end, and he was out. Uh, multiple other starters were out. But it was Florida that looked just utterly unprepared and just plain awful. For those Awful. of us that could see it, yeah. Well, uh, 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 twenty. They lost twenty-four to eleven. Uh, it was Florida's first out-of-conference game uh, to start the season. Uh, it, no, actually, it's their first out-of-conference game outside of Florida since nineteen ninety-one. And they just didn't look prepared to play from the opening snap because you know what happened on the opening snap? Uh, there was a Utah hit a seventy-five yard or seventy-yard bomb to a wide receiver, and Florida was stunned. But my question is, do you think the fact that Florida ha- was dealing with the the hurricane? Right, and that horrible travel issues. Yes, and I believe they did their walkthrough in Dallas. In Dallas, they stopped and, and, in and, Dallas, and, and so their routine was really disrupted. Do you think that had an impact? Because I, I just I did not see. I think this Utah coming. disrupted. I mean, them. but Utah again, they didn't have their starting quarterback. No, I, I think the elevation had something to do with it. Although they didn't play well early, so it's not like they were gassed in the fourth quarter or anything like that. I'm still a believer in Billy Napier, and I think that list is growing smaller and smaller and smaller. So I'm I'm not ready to just start making alligator boots and throw this guy out the door. But I think Utah's a very good football team, even without their starting quarterback. And I think Napier's going to turn it around. But like I said, Laura Lee, I think the the Gators, uh, you know, the Gator supporters of Billy Napier is it dropped last year, oh, and now man. it's dropping in a hurry. The the social media. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Billy. I watched the game. So. You must not be on Spectrum. No, or I'm you've got on direct, YouTube or something. No, I'm direct TV, so we don't have CBS. But and you, okay, and how so, long has that right, been? If you, you, you two, had. Two, oh, two and a half months. Here's what I don't understand. As long no, as you brought it up. Yeah, as long as you brought it up. Because I lost the golf channel, the golf network, about two months ago. And I called Spectrum and they said, well, we couldn't negotiate with them. And so they said, okay, well then take the golf channel off my bill. You know, if you're going to take it away, don't make me continue to pay for it. And right now, people are still paying full bills for Spectrum, and they didn't get Florida. So, all right, back to the Gators. Your thoughts on Florida? Yeah, I mean, so you got to see the game, actually. Uh, Matt and I did not. I've, I've really been trying to just read as much about it. Was the, the final score 24-11? Was it even that close? Or was was Florida completely just outmatched? Well, I just kept shaking my head. I mean, it was just one issue after the other. They looked undisciplined. And and, and who sends two number threes out on the field at the same time? I mean... Could really, it happened. Yes. Explain that to me. What wow. did they do? I have no explanation. I mean, they were on the field at the same time, and they got called for it. 
You're just like, really? No, that's nothing but coaching. That's confusion that's on coaching, the coaching. Yep. And they were out to punt the ball. That, you know, the ball was turning over, and so Utah gets the ball back. I mean, come on. And, you know, uh, I've gone on this rant ever since they allowed double numerical jerseys. It, it, they don't have to do that. You know, they promise a kid in high school if he'll get to wear his jersey number, then they'll sign him. Come on, people. And it is absolutely horrible for broadcasters. Think about it. Yeah. You you know it. I've talked to Eli about it a lot. You know, you focus in on the ones that you know, but it's, you know, and obviously you can't do it on the same play. But people still do. And then there's some guys that kind of play on both sides of defense and offense. And, and you don't know one. I'll give you a perfect example. Last year, Gibbs yes. and McKinstry. Did you know who was back there receiving the kick? Well, Gibbs receives the kick. McKinstry does the punt. They need to make that clear on the PA. Well, Eli didn't know. Tony Chris Giles. Stewart didn't know. You know, it's... Give us a break. You're already taking away our damn death charts. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 Get foul, my I'm in a foul mood today. But, uh, you, know, you know, it would be different if you had to out of necessity, but you don't. Well, anyway. Oh, babe, we are late for our bottom of the hour break. We'll be back. Hey, come see us at NS3. Built to win. Built for championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide kick off the 2023 season against MTSU. Our coverage begins at 3.30 on your home for Alabama football. Presented by the Birmingham Racecourse and Casino. I-459, exit 31. You could be a winner too. Hi, Barry. T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. We just ordered up. What did you order? We're, it is free, by the way. Come by and see us. What did you order? I'm hitting the chicken sandwich. I'm going with what's called the James Joyce Burger. Now, you, you ought to like that. Yeah. Love He's a James poet, Joyce. Right? Yeah. I know my stuff. I stayed awake in a few classes here. You're the son of a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, you should. My, my, my mother was a linguist, so I got to know that stuff. All right. <laughs> How did you end up in radio? You know, uh, my wife quizzes me about that all the time. And she says, How, you have left, right, and and you you use both. Just and Then she says, but you don't use enough of either one of them. So anyway, what you order? A burger. Yep, so did I. There you go. Um, I want to say something real quick because uh, I go up and down, and, and it's about broadcasting, and I am, I am pro-broadcaster, okay? And therefore, I am pro-depth chart. You need a depth chart on Monday in order to do your charts to call the game properly on Saturday or Friday, whenever it is, okay? Now, I'm defending my own, okay? But everybody points at Saban. And as Brando said, he was bullying the local media and all that kind of stuff. Well, because it's Saban that said that, he's the only one that, that doesn't let people look at depth charts. Well, Lars, that's not the truth. Doesn't Kelly do it? Yeah. yeah. Right, Kelly does it? There's somebody else in the SEC. It might be Florida? Uh, I, 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 I forget. I forget who it is. But, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just loved it as a kid. I mentioned this the other day of uh, when I was little. I'd love to analyze the depth chart and see, um, you know, how many freshmen are in the two deep or three deep and and uh, what seniors have uh, emerged and and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big uh, big fan of depth chart, but you know what? I'm not going to let it ruin my day, Matt. No, <laughs> Spectrum and Disney did that last night. Um, Laura Lee, did, I want to ask you, you know, I guess they still do flip cards. Do they bring out flip cards as the uh, Red Elephant Club people, you know? The cards with the depth chart on it, and you flip them over. It has oh, yes. the America roster. They, yes. they bring those to you. They See, do. I love flip cards. I remember the first time I went and covered a University of Alabama game. I was sitting in the press box at Bryant-Denny Stadium, which, first of all, was one of the biggest thrills of my entire life. I mean, you grew up in this state. Now you remember the media. Coach Bryant was still there. And I remember sitting at my seat designated. actually had my name right there. Charlie Thorne input Matt Coulter, WCFT. But I got the flip card. And I just, I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know I'm overreacting That's, here, uh, but I mean, I will. I am going to save this for the rest of my life. I think I lost it the next week, but still, it's a big deal. You, you're you're okay with saving, withholding that information, right? Hundred percent. I knew you. You know, uh, somebody who's not okay. Another person is uh, Desmond Howard. Uh, the uh, former Heisman Trophy winner who's now an analyst for ESPN. This morning he was talking about Nick Saban and the fact that he hasn't revealed, uh, and this was before Chris Lowe broke the news, but Nick Saban himself has not said who the starting quarterback is, right? And so uh, Desmond Howard... Um, I don't know, maybe he's just trying to to uh, poke at Alabama fans, but he was saying, hey, I, I'm really concerned about the, the situation at quarterback for Alabama because Nick Saban, he's breaking tradition. He's not naming a starter. There's obviously major, major concern. said major twice. Uh, and but then Desmond's like, how can you blame him? Because you just had the one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the history of the program. Bryce Young, who obviously won the Heisman, and uh, and now uh, Desmond Howard's argument was that there's going to be a significant drop off in the quarterback play. Um, Duh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that he was uh, essentially saying what we have been talking about for a long time, Matt, is that that Nick Saban is going to dial back the offense a little bit. And uh, in terms of what responsibility is placed on the quarterback, and, uh, and, and Laura Lee, you mentioned it too. In, in the scrimmages, uh, it's just it's going to be a more run-based attack. And uh, I, I think you—it's uh, it, obvious. You you always want to tailor your offense, Matt, to your strengths. Strengths yeah. of this team are the offensive line on the offensive side. It's the line and it's the running backs. And the uh, unknowns are the wide receivers and the quarterback. And the quarterback. So, I mean, I, I don't Run understand. Run the ball, Arlie. I don't understand, but I just don't understand why, uh, you know, this is cause for a huge concern because every college football team in the country has to go through this at some point. <laughs> well, 
here's what I think about depth charts is, uh, especially when it comes to quarterback. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we were playing USC kickoff, and Blake Barnett comes out, played one series. Jalen Hurts goes in, and that was all she wrote. Yeah. Right? Yep. Blake Barnett was a starter, but it didn't mean anything. It comes back to how many minutes you play, how well you perform during a game, what your reads are, how well you're reading, and you'll get the minutes. Do you think there's a possibility that we could be really surprised by who maybe the second quarterback is in the game? Yeah, I is that kind of the only thing we're no, questioning but, but now? But, but, I mean, the point you made is great because I certainly was not expecting Jalen Hurts to even play in that game, and then he ends up, you know, uh, getting the majority of the snaps. Is it possible that Dylan Lonergan ends up getting the majority of the snaps on Saturday night? Is there a... Is that a possibility? That that you see Milrow for a series and then then Buckner uh, or 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 Simpson. I mean, uh, no, I, different I think people it, say different things, right? Uh, and everybody has their sources. Uh, well, I, she's I, seen I, the practices. I, what no, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you've actually uh, laid eyes. Give us on how this. it's going to go. How many series? How many snaps? How many passes? <laughs> how many runs? Uh, how many options? Uh, you know who knows the answer to that? Uh, and the only one that counts, really. Right. You know, nobody knows. It's all speculation. We we know what we saw in in the practices and the scrimmages, and yes. As we said, I uh, said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not surprised Jalen Milrose going to start. But it matters who comes in after that, and it matters how many minutes they play and how well they perform. And maybe the coach is still making a decision. And I think, you know, what makes this more pressing is the fact that you got Texas coming in next week. Well... I mean, we have Coach Saban, and I I feel very certain that he will make the right decision. Gee, he's made a few in a few in the past, hasn't he? He has. Do you have any special plans for the Texas game? Yes, we have. Uh, well, my sister's birthday and my parents' anniversary, which happened this weekend. But we're, uh, we have, I've hired a limo and we're going to the Bright Star the Friday night before uh, the Texas game. Yes. Did you reserve the Bryant booth? Well, I did call the owner and uh, so I know he's going to have a nice table. Wow. There you go. I know you exactly really, where he is. I've been are... privileged enough to, to sit there. I am. It was very cool. It's an honor. It is an honor. That's a great restaurant. What kind of limo did you rent? Well, I did some well, Crown transportation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I will, I will drive. Yes. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be uh, like a great hum, fun. A, a Hummer limo? Well, I, I don't know the model she told me. I'm not a car person, but uh, yes, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, we've got some predictions to make. You hang with us. We'll make some predictions and we'll eat our burgers. And we'll uh, urge you to come down here because we're still going to be open all weekend long right here at Innisfree. Come join us, Big Noon Sports.
weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. A restream, live stream edition of the Martin Houston Show. You can join us on at Martin Houston 35 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, where we'll be giving you a chance to review Alabama's big win on Middle Tennessee State and start the conversation on Alabama versus Texas. We'll also talk about who's the starting quarterback. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. On Monday, September the... Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a partly sunny sky. A small chance of a shower. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It is, and we're live at NS Free, and Lars, myself, and perhaps Laura Lee will be with us every Friday through the football season. So everybody listening on Tide 100.9 here in Tuscaloosa knows where this place is, has visited uh, visited us again, and throughout the week they got an unbelievable lunch special, $9.99 for a meat and three. It's, uh, it sure looks good because the guy over here was eating it, and he had like some mac cheese and looked like uh, he'd ordered some, some collards. I'm a big collard green guy, but hey, let's talk about the other. Let's first of all give some predictions. Larley, Alabama, Middle Tennessee State University. You want to throw a score at me? Well, in the past, I would tell you 55 to nothing. Yeah. That's kind of a family joke. <laughs> uh, I would say maybe I'm thinking 45 to 6. Larry? 42 to 10. I think Middle Tennessee State may score um, because they throw the ball so much. They also have a good defense, a uh, good secondary. Okay, Matt, just quite stumbling around. I think it's going to be 52 to 7. All right, Auburn taking on uh, the mighty Minutemen of University of Massachusetts. We don't have to go scores on these. We can just get quick thoughts from you. Does Auburn just waylay these guys? Oh, absolutely. I think the spread is 35.5, yeah. and uh, I don't think Auburn's going to cover that. I do not. Well, I'll take the Tiger side. I think they are, and uh, I think Hugh Freeze is – he wants to make a statement. And, and if he does keep the starters in a little longer than he normally does, I think we'll all understand why. Okay, some of the other games. Now, this one's pretty interesting. Virginia and UT. Uh, Lars, I'll go to my left this time. Do the Cavs have a shot here? It's in Knoxville. No, they do not have a shot. And I think uh, that uh, Tennessee's quarterback, uh, Milton, is going to have a great game. I hate to pick Tennessee in anything, Lawley. Well, I do, too. <laughs> However, my parents graduated from there. Well, I didn't know that. Yes, and so did most of the rest of my extended family. So it pains me to pick them, but I'm going to have to pick them. Can I interject here? Absolutely. As an, as an outsider, I've never really understood the animosity that Alabama fans have toward Tennessee fans. 
You want to take this? You want me to? <laughs> That's a loaded question. It goes back. I'd to love the, to ask loaded um, questions. It goes back to the Bryant General Nalen area, and these two men did not like each other. And but you know why they didn't like each other? Because they could look each other in the mirror. It'd be the same guy. They were crusty men who fought literally like it was a battle. And here's one of the most amazing statistics, and I don't think it, it will ever, ever be tied because it can't be beaten. General Nayland's Tennessee Volunteers, I can't remember the exact year. I think it was like 33. They didn't allow a point the entire season. What was it that's, like covering that team? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. My list today is Spectrum, <laughs> Depth Charts, and Lars, Lars Anderson. <laughs> Big volleyball guy. <laughs> Big uh, volleyball guy. Um, but it, Just call me yeah, Lars, from volley, that. Call me Lars they, Volleyball Anderson. They had a, a, an immense rivalry, and it stems from that. I mean, I, somebody wants to call in and, and correct me on that. But ever since then, um, it's gotten where, you know, and it still is. It's not nearly what it used to be. Would you agree? It used to be it's Alabama-Tennessee was before Alabama-Auburn. I think that's changed now. Do you? Yeah, I think that's changed. And I, I think you have to also look at the modern time of uh, go forward with what happened with Philip Fulmer. Then um, that's, yeah, that, that yeah, that was even more animosity. And then, of course, them losing up until last year. It's kind of gone back and forth. We've had these mm -hmm. streaks in the past. Do you have a favorite SEC stadium to go to other than Brian Denny? Good question. That That is a good question and it's not UT. Um, it's, but I go to that game every year and we also go to the LSU game every year. Um, so no, not really. How about you, Matt? It's It's got to be the atmosphere of Death Valley, particularly on a Saturday night. But I, I'll tell you, Auburn's close. I, Auburn's I, I got a special Auburn. family feel to it as well. Back to the picks. You're going to take Tennessee. I'll take Tennessee. Ball State, Kentucky. Laura, Laura Lee, you want to catch the car? I know that Laura Lee has definitely been researching Ball State for hours this morning. Well, I think Kentucky could be pretty good. I do, too. Yeah. Mark Stoops has done a good job there. That, that, that'll be a blowout. So we're going cats, cats, cats here? Yeah. All right. Um, Mercer and Ole Miss. Now there's a rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's going to be fun. To, I love watching Lane Kiffin's offense. And uh, and I think they'll just throw the ball all over the field, and they may score 80 points. Laura Lee, do you like <laughs> Lane Kiffin? I do. I do, too. Apparently, this place used to be one of Lane's favorites. Yeah, I think there's a place over there for Joey Freshwater. Isn't That's there? right. <laughs> that whole story that just blows bad. me away. Even that, today, uh, I got to get somebody. Go somebody I, I, is it fact or fiction? Is oh, Joey Freshwater fact. fact or fiction? I think it's fact. It's fact. Yep. A little it's closer fact. to noon okay. next week. A little... She Dude. knows. I'm telling you, she knows so much. Yeah, about yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. We got Southeast Louisiana versus Mississippi State. You going Bulldogs here? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, UT Martin, Georgia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, that didn't even sound right. I'm on 
come on. Have you seen Georgia's schedule? It's yeah. a joke. Well, Lars cautions this every time, and I don't know if it necessarily make it the, go from the worst or the easiest and, and raise it up the rankings very high. But uh, Georgia was supposed to play Oklahoma this year. Right? Yeah, they right. were. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, I mean, but it'll be interesting to see how Carson Beck performs. Uh, even though Stetson Bennett won back-to-back national championships, man, I talk about Stetson Bennett way too much. But you used I, to I, just diss him every I did, week. I know until he kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. Uh, I think physically, Carson Beck's a superior player to Stetson Bennett physically. Yeah, but it's inside that helmet that matters. Um, Alabama A&M is at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt returns from Hawaii. Isn't that right? Weren't they? Yes. Yeah, they won in Hawaii. Uh, I'm going Vandy all the way. All the way. Commodores. Okay, now this one, Laura Lee, is of note. North Carolina, South Carolina. This That's is an interesting game. Interesting game. Very interesting. Yeah. I... It's hard to say. I, I want to go with the SEC, but I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's tough. Yeah. Um, now, you know, you let know. me set this up. Now, Lars um, knows Shane Beamer pretty well, and, and he will lean in that direction. But is it going to come down to quarterbacks, Lars? you got Rattler and May. Ugh. I mean, these are two NFL quarterbacks. This may be one of the three most intriguing games of uh, of the entire weekend and uh, I'm going to lean Spencer Rattler. You're going South Carolina. I'm going I, South I, Carolina. Just, I, I think May is going to be the better pro, but uh, I okay. think Spencer Rattler is going to play really well. Rat- Rattler can run a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got Who you got? North Carolina, South Carolina. You going north or south here? South. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to differ. Something tells me in North Carolina, Mac, and I, I really like May. So uh, we'll see what he can do to South Carolina. Apparently, hey, Nick Saban does too. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the offseason? Yeah. yeah. Um, evidently, he went after Hartman too. Yep. Who um, looks like a Heisman Trophy candidate now. But it was against Navy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be a lot different. Who they got next week? I'm trying to think. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Um, I've enjoyed it, y'all. I wanted to ask you another question that I asked you during the break about the Red Elephant Club. Because uh, I said, well, is the Red Elephant Club a football-only organization? Your answer. Yes. What else? What do you mean, I mean, that, that, I mean but, but there are other entities that support other specific oh, well, men's each, and women's athletics. Each, like, we have the tip-off club for basketball, the walk-off club for softball. We, each one, uh, there's a gymnastics club. So, uh, yeah, we all support them. We give a lot of money to the university for Red Elephant Club. And when do you ascend to the throne? What's the date? And well, this time we next year this for two year. years. But, you know, oh. we also forgot the LSU-Florida State game. Well, I couldn't write fast enough, and <laughs> she's fitting in rather handily. <laughs> 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 All right, you, your game, you bring yeah. it up. What do you think? I think that has the potential to be a really terrific football game. I think it does, too. So um, I'm going to lean to the SEC, but, I, you know, I... 
that's a pick on me. Yeah, really. That's I'm, a tough I'm, I believe in Jaden Daniels. I think LSU wins this game. I do, too. And, and on that note, that do y'all pull four teams when they play SEC teams? I don't. Do I'm I, all, I always pull for SEC teams. I don't care who it is. Oh, I don't. You don't. So if, if Tennessee were to play for the national championship against Oklahoma, well, I can't. That won't happen here. No, Laura Lee's like it's she's Alabama wearing, or nobody. You're gonna be wearing your UMass gear, right? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Oh, I, I, the only time I would root for Auburn is if it benefited Alabama. Otherwise, right. no way. Well. I'm in my yard again. It just, if it benefits the conference, it benefits Alabama. That's the way I've always thought about it. So, anyway, uh, what do you say we wrap this thing up and do it again next week? Yeah, y'all? great show. All right. Can you come uh, back next week? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, by the way, once again, as we as we go out of here, we want to congratulate the Nebraska volleyball team. <laughs> go Big Red. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>